0: I wrote a book about my life named Moguldom. You can get more information about this book at MoguldomBook.com. I talk about acquiring a knowledge of self, self-determination, and building a business over 10 years. There are some gems in this book that you don't want to miss. One way to support the Go Movement in this podcast is to go to MoguldomBook.com. Buy the book on pre-sale to support the Go Movement. Let's go. You're listening to Go with Jamarlin Martin. We have a go-hard-or-go-home approach as we talk to the leading tech leaders, politicians, and influencers. Let's go. Uh, today uh, is going to be a solo podcast. And the title of this podcast is Facebook and Reverend Wright was always right. Uh, so let's dive right into Facebook. So Facebook uh you know they they come out with a ban uh against Minister Louis Farrakhan uh and they they also ban so-called alt-right folks or far right uh people like Alex Jones uh you know there's some other folks in there uh but it seems like they had to to deliver someone, that's not on the so-called alt right or far right. They had to deliver s- something to make it seem like it was even. So Farrakhan was sacrificed, uh, uh, in a sense. Where, you know, when 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 their people get banned, they're gonna come back and say, "Look at the black people over here talking about this, talking about that." So this has been going on for a while. So of course I've been in. Uh, tech and, and digital media for uh, a very long time. Uh, and so, you know, this kind of back and forth over censorship issues has been going on. And they've been calling for Farrakhan every time they get arrested. When the Facebook police arrest members of their community for saying something that's that's edgy or, or racist or, or or whatever, they want to find... People in the black community who, hey, look at them. Look at them over there. Uh, and so this Facebook uh, censorship move, this is a big deal. This is not something to, to, to play with. Uh, this is a really big deal. And your leaders are too old. Many of them are too old and too compromised and too conflicted and too selfish to get a handle on this issue for example chuck schumer uh facebook donated you know tens of thousands of dollars to his campaign uh his daughter works at facebook you know you guys love the democratic party well the one of your leaders are the leader in the senate uh that's banging for the democratic party He's taking money from Facebook. He's giggling with Facebook. His daughter gets a job at Facebook. And when Mark Warner, a senator from Virginia, wants to investigate Facebook, he tells Mark Warner to back off. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, after the scandals break out, you know, her and her husband, the Pelosi family is buying millions of dollars of Facebook stock. They don't care about the headlines. They don't care about Cambridge Analytica. They don't care that the election could have been uh, altered uh, with Facebook's greed. And they don't really care about policing Facebook uh, because a lot of these your Democratic political leaders, they're in the bed with Facebook. Facebook has a big wallet. They have hundreds of lobbyists. They even hired a, a guy by the name of Neil Potts, who's their head lobbyist now in D.C., uh, Their head of uh, public policy. So they put the black guy out front to see if they can get, you know, a, you know, lower fines or a lower penalty. It, you know, it's probably going to look better with a black guy. You know, a lot of times they call us when it's time to 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 get some leniency. So now you want to be about diversity now that you're in trouble. So you're going to get a, a black guy out there to lobby for you. Right. And so uh, the people see a black guy. Maybe I don't. Go as hard on Facebook because look, they're hiring a black guy. So this Facebook issue needs to to be put in the context of mass incarceration. So let's rewind uh, the track here. Your congressional black caucus all stars, Bootlick and Charlie Rangel, and many of them, they are in the bed with the Clintons. They pray to the Clintons, right? They need the Clintons. They love the Clintons. Right. So many of them supported mass incarceration or the Clinton crime bill, which was a big piece of mass incarceration, set things in motion, set it up. So at the time, your Negro leaders, they must not have an understanding of the history of America, where if there's some good ideas that can come up where. Hey, it sounds good. You know, we're going to reduce the crime in the hood and the crime is going to go down and all the bad people are going to, you know, be put behind bars and this and that and everything's going to be fair. The right way that a leader is looking at these issues in real time is that even if an idea is a good idea, we have to think about the implementation. Do you trust this beast here in the United States? Do you trust this beast to implement something fairly? So if you're going to go start locking people up and and, kind of, you know, give uh, Bill Clinton uh, what he wants politically. So, you know, Trump has built the wall, but Bill Clinton had his own built the wall in terms of sister soldier and, and how he manipulated that issue. Uh, and how he manipulated the Clinton crime bill. Hey, I can pull some of these MAGA voters in if I'm tough on crime, if I'm tough on you. Okay, so the Congressional Black Caucus, they go along with this. So there wasn't a big consideration that can we really trust the, the structure and the system in America to implement this reasonably, fairly? Are... This beast has not changed, right? Clinton's elected, but the beast, the systems, the structure, it, it, it doesn't change, right? The structure is the same. So the mindsets are the same. The Negroes and their allies in the Democratic Party, they get it wrong. And, you know, the way people treat mistakes nowadays, hey, someone pushes for the Iraq war, they get that wrong someone pushes for mass incarceration, they get that wrong. So what? The culture in America is, there's no accountability. You can get things wrong that ends up murdering hundreds of thousands of people, destroying hundreds of thousands of families, black families. You can make big mistakes as a politician, but when the burden is on our people, our, in Iraq's case, iraqi people the american mindset is they don't care like hey some people die we made a mistake it's like hey i stepped on someone's foot at the club i'm sorry you know so america there's there's been not a lot of accountability so what does this have to do with facebook you know over the last couple of years you've had negro leaders saying they want more censorship so You know, your Alyssa Milano's, your your Hollywood, San Francisco liberals, white liberals, they've been calling for a lot of censorship, right? In in their mind, yes, we got to stop racism. We got to stop all this stuff. So I'm not blaming that. I'm not blaming them for saying that, right? That's that's because of their experience, their journey in America. So they're speaking about their specific experiences. They don't have the depth are the history that you do. So when they say, hey, we need to stop their racism and we need to stop this on social media, on YouTube and Facebook, that's, that, that could be a good idea for them in terms of the, these liberals over here, okay? But for you, you got a different position. Although America and the liberals are trying to blend you together where you're just like them. You have the same mind. You're all in this together. They're trying to put you in a pot of gumbo where... All the Americans are the same. Okay? So, when you go into that mindset, you know, you're back into the mass incarceration. You think they're going to implement this fairly. So, you have Negroes over the last two years talking about YouTube out arrest this black person and I want this person censored I want this person off the platform I I want this singer off the platform and I I want YouTube and Spotify and Facebook to to censor this person and censor that person if you're advocating for censorship and yes censorship against conservatives and racists you have to think about what what the hell do you think is going to happen. How do you think that's going to be implemented by Silicon Valley? How do you think that's going to be implemented in the power structure of San Francisco? How do you think the Mecca of white supremacy out of Silicon Valley in San Francisco? That's where the power and wealth is, is concentrated. It's around technology. This is where the Mecca of white supremacy is being programmed for the future. Essentially, they're programming how things are going to be structured, designed and work for the future. If you're not even on. The censorship team. Are you on the Facebook censorship team? Are you on the police force? Do they got real black people giving input in terms of censorship? Censorship. No, you're not even on the censorship team. So how could you be, ah, I want to I wanna police this and I want this racist person off the platform. I want this person. I want that person. So what these people are going to do, the Negro doesn't really change much. What Charlie Rangel did and what I see Negroes doing with this censorship, they're calling for more censorship. They want Google, Facebook, Spotify. They want them to start censoring people. Okay, they want a really big censorship police force. So what happens is predictable and I've been talking about it for 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 multiple years about the danger of black people keeping for online censorship. So back to the Facebook ban. It's I know a lot of people want to get spooky like it's some type of conspiracy and you know they're they're targeting Farrakhan and all this other stuff. No, I don't believe in that. Okay. So because I've been watching this stuff for over a decade so before the Farrakhan ban came out usa today published an article uh where it profiled how facebook is policing black activists online so the the activists will say that they've been zucked right so the way the algorithm works and the way the the censors, the, the, the censorship police work at these institutions is they don't differentiate between Nat Turner and his slave master. Let me explain that if it needs explaining for you. So the slave and the slave master goes under the same law. So the system, the structure, the people, if they're putting the boot on your neck structurally systemically if you're trying to get that boot off your neck aggressively you go to jail the boot going on your neck is going to be treated the same way as you trying to get the boot off the neck okay so that's why the, the censorship push by negroes is so dangerous you would need to really understand the history to say hold up even if Roseanne Barr uses the N-word. Even if these people say these things or whatever, you better be careful because what they're going to do is they're going to tighten up and Frankenstein the people with money, jobs, economic insecurity, and their algorithms, what shows up in the search engines, what's allowed on social media. They're going to Frankenstein the people and force you into... You have to be like Cory Booker. Uh, you have to be like Bakari Sellers on CNN who called uh, the great congresswoman uh, Omar ignorant for speaking up against APAC. So the checks and the people who are going to be allowed to speak, they're not going to be about freedom, justice, and equality. The people that... that is going to be allowed to speak online on social media if you keep on pushing the censorship stuff. It's going to be people who are non-threatening. It's going to be people who cannot really confront the power establishment, the real people who are designing and running this structure in America. So you have to be very, very careful with these Negroes caping for more Censorship. You you have seen over the last couple of years uh, a situation where uh, Lamont Hill he speaks up for the Palestinians at the United Nations he he loses his job at CNN. Tamika Mallory she wants to build uh, bridges with Minister Louis Farrakhan. Alyssa Milano and the San Francisco and Hollywood liberals they say they won't associate it with Tamika Mallory because she's associating with this religious leader. Okay. So they have the ability with the power structure within the Democratic Party and the culture and business where they can, whether it's intentional or not, it doesn't matter. So they can mold black thought where we want black people to go to this side. We want them to be non-threatening. Okay, so let me give you an example. So Lamont Hill is not allowed to speak up for the Palestinians, right? So CNN is not going to allow that. You got to be, in most cases, a super Negro to be endorsed by CNN uh, uh, at this point. Tamika Mallory, no, you're not allowed to associate with Farrakhan. So if they are pulling the checks back, if you have a certain point of view, if you're if you're threatening. The US foreign policy in the Middle East, if you have a view that that's not very popular uh, with a lot of uh, elites in the establishment, that's very uh, 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 supportive of a particular view of an apartheid point of view. Uh, So I pull back the check. I pull back your jobs. I pull back this. I cut you off from communicating on Facebook. The people are locked into the system. The data's all there. The people are already comfortable. Now I'm going to block you off from communicating about things related to real freedom, justice, and equality. If you're really banging about this stuff, they have the ability, of course, to, to cut you off. So how, why is it so dangerous? And like, why is this Facebook thing part of a pattern? Well, as many of you know, APAC, uh the the lobby uh group with about a hundred million dollar budget but the members have a lot more power and resources than that but the lobby itself has about a hundred million dollar budget so they have invested heavily on institutionalizing their point of view on historically black colleges for example so the the Palestinian group, or the the black nationalist side, they don't have a, a budget, right? So they go into the HBCU campuses, they start spending money, they start recruiting people like Bakari Sellers and and others, uh, and you know they give them resources, they they take them to Israel, and so what happens is Bakari Sellers comes out and he starts, you know, condemning Omar, and he doesn't disclose that he's on the national. Uh, Council of AIPAC. So, the black people are 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 being put out in the culture and being trained. They're being trained to be pro AIPAC, to not care. Of, you know, if the, if the Israelis uh, murder about a hundred Palestinians, you know, don't say anything because you're gonna mess up your checks. You're gonna mess up your job, and you're gonna mess up the embrace of the elite establishment in the United States. You are seeing them go on the the black college campuses on the morehouse on the spelman and they're recruiting black students who see opportunities they see hey this can help my career this can help my political career so apac gets their claws in to the black students uh like a bakari sellers uh, and others uh and their mission is to trick you into supporting one side and so whether it's C, the employment at CNN or the Million Women's March, or APAC being on the campus, but the opposing side is not being on the on the campus, what this is leading to is imbalances, right? So, the the wealthy and the powerful, they get they, they can get they can control the messaging. They can they can Frankenstein the 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 black population because you want money, you know you. You you want money like them? So if they are the bosses, they control the institutions. They control what you see, what you hear. In a lot of cases, uh, that's what makes this Facebook thing so so dangerous. So if you're out there talking about Silicon Valley, you're out there talking about white supremacy. The Negroes keeping for censorship. All that's going to do is woo, 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 your people going to jail first. Now, you may see Alex Jones and some 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 racist white folks uh, go into the the censorship police department and they get banned. But Negroes, you're going to jail, too. Your best, your best, your most courageous soldiers and thinkers, you're setting up an online mass incarceration for them. So, you know, we have to be very, very careful of the censorship moves out of Silicon Valley. The last point uh, I want to make uh, about Facebook is that it's not me saying that you can't trust Facebook to be the censor. So if Facebook and the people who are on these teams... If they're the ones doing the policing, then it's better to have less policing in general because it's going to have a disproportionate impact on us. And so it's not just me saying this. You would have to go to the U.S. government. So the U.S. government uh, has come out and said that Wells Fargo was systemically discriminating against black loan applicants. The U.S. government sued Honda Motors uh, for being biased uh, in their, uh, uh, auto financing, uh, program. Uh, the U S government was going to look into Airbnb because of systemic, uh, and a systemic apartheid system where if the natural American behavior plays itself out on these tech platforms, you will see that mindset creating a structure that was not even intended, but it's the natural American mindset you, you you let it kind of germinate or fertilize and airbnb had a big problem with white uh apartment owners or condo owners or house owners they did not want any black people on their in the in their uh house or apartment uh and so it was a systemic problem they called in eric holder so So you see this over and over again. So the point is the algorithms and the censorship teams, you need to expect the worst based on the true history of America. Okay. We're going to tackle Barack Obama and Reverend Wright right now. Uh, And so I went back and uh, looked at Obama's uh, speech uh, when he when he got busted uh for being a uh follower of, of reverend Wright for 20 years uh so the speech was called a mer a more perfect union a more perfect union that was the speech and so the establishment busted him they said look You know, are you really backing Reverend Wright, who says, Goddamn America, and he's talking about racism and and white supremacy? Uh, You know, Obama, is that really you? So the establishment was like, What's up, Obama? And so Obama came with this speech that the establishment loved, right? So, man, he had to bail himself out because, hey, you know, is this guy, is this guy, really you know about all Americans is, is is he really kind of one of us right so the Joe Biden and the Magalite voter they were feeling insecure uh uh about you know hey is this guy a, a radical is he really a you know could he be about that life speaking up hard for black people could he have a hidden agenda where he really wants to you know bang for his people and bang against white supremacy okay so obama comes out with this speech and what he said let me let me uh pull this up here in so many words that reverend wright was acting like white racism was endemic to america and so obama said he did not believe white racism was endemic to america and so let's go to the Definition and break down break this down. Of a disease or condition regularly found among particular people are in a certain area. Belonging or native to a particular people or a country. Characteristic of prevalent in a particular field, area, or environment. Restricted or peculiar to a locality or region. You may ask, you may not even know that Obama said that. Uh, so how I look at Obama's lie, this was a lie. Obama didn't really believe that. Okay. So Obama, this is the guy that took Malcolm X speeches from the movie. Malcolm X or took words from the movie. Malcolm X where he he's copying Malcolm X in his speeches to get, voters lined up that's that's his, his mind naturally references Malcolm X uh, in Barack Obama's book that came out in 1995 dreams from my father uh, and I read this book several years ago uh, and I knew Barack Obama had put a battery pack on himself meaning that Barack Obama has tapped into a knowledge of self okay uh this guy, the Republicans were right, meaning that the the Barack Obama that was presented to America, there was someone else inside that mind and body that had tapped into a knowledge of self, the same knowledge of self or similar knowledge of self as Malcolm X. It looked different. It's more closer to the establishment wanting to work within the system. But Barack Obama. Tapped into the same source that Malcolm X tapped into. So here's Barack Obama in his book, Dreams from My Father. Uh, he's talking about uh the Nation of Islam and the, the final call newspaper. I would occasionally pick up the paper from the unfailingly polite men in part of a, in part out of sympathy uh, to their heavy suits in the summer. Their thing coats in winter are sometimes because my attention was caught by the sensational tabloid style headlines. Caucasian woman admits whites are the devil. Inside the front cover, one found reprints of the minister's speeches as well as stories that could have been picked straight off the AP News wire were it not for certain editorial embellishments. Jewish center bomb announced today, the paper also carried a health section complete with Minister Farrakhan's pork-free recipes, advertisements for Minister Farrakhan's speeches on videocassette, Visa or MasterCard accepted, and promotions for a line of toiletries, toothpaste, and the like that the nation had launched under the brand name Power, part of a strategy to encourage blacks to keep their money within their own community. Okay, in Barack Obama's mind, he was... He, he, he says in the book that, hey, I just picked up a couple of papers, but this guy is not telling you that... This guy loved the paper, okay? This guy used to read Final Calls in Chicago, okay? This guy has read Message to the Black Man, okay? Uh, this guy was not who he presented to America, okay? So I saw some of these things, right? And I said this guy is not your regular Negro politician. I said, this guy has something in him where this is something special. He has tapped into a knowledge itself, self. Okay. And it's clear to me that this was my conclusion after collecting all the information. And I said, there was something in Barack Obama where he was not your typical Negro politician. Okay. So when Barack Obama says that white racism uh, is not endemic to America. He lied. He lied to get the Joe Biden magAlite voter. He needed to lie to to get elected. So many in the black community understood that. Many understood that, hey, he may ha- he's a politician. He may have to do what he had to do. To pull in that Joe Biden, that Magalite voter, uh, he wouldn't, he, politicians sometimes, yes, they need to lie. And for him, a guy who's who's been attending Reverend Wright's church for 20 years, uh, uh, where the Reverend Wright baptized his daughter, he said at those Reverend Wright speeches for two decades This is a guy who's telling you in his book in 1995 that he used to pick up the final calls. He memorizes a lot of the content in the final call. And particularly, he memorized the MasterCard and Visa section where you can order the cassettes. Yes, I believe a 90% chance Barack Obama has ordered cassettes of Minister Farrakhan. Barack Obama says that white racism is not endemic to America when he steps away from uh, Reverend Wright. Here's why that was a shrewd political move, an effective political move. That was a smart political move. That was the strategic politician thing to do to hook as many white people as he could. He needed to hook them into believing that, hey, I'm not radical. You know, that, that's not me. I'm not radical. I'm safe. Right. He needed to hook the other side like you get hooked, like they hook you. And, you know, come eat chicken with you or, you know, uh, uh, visit your churches at election time. He needed to hook the other side. And so he had to lie. He had to lie and say that white racism was not endemic to America. But here's why that's dangerous. And it was not clear at the time that Barack Obama had to lie and say that where they were coming after him over Reverend Wright where the trade-off is, hey, that helped Barack Obama win, right? He did uh, a lot of good things. Uh, in, my, in my view, he did a lot of good things considering the situation. This is on the positive side, right? So on the negative side, many of our people, they, they started taking Barack Obama as a religious figure. So the people have a spiritual, religious grounding going back generations the people want to believe the people want faith right this is where the people come from and so when barack obama came a lot of our people started thinking about him as like a religious figure so barack obama is lying about racism is not a big deal it's not endemic in america so he's lying for a particular political purpose to get into power in his mind he Let's get into power. Let's focus on the big picture. I'm gonna lie to these white folks. Hey, I'm you know that's not Reverend Wright's not me. You know, black nationalism, whatever. Uh never had a history with that. Uh, he needs to cover that stuff up to get elected in America. This is where the country is. So, so in his mind, you know, most likely, hey, I need to lie uh, to to get to that and to do the good. Okay, I need to trick them. So if Barack Obama lies to the people and says that hey this is a country that allows or michelle obama in her speech allows for uh, a descendant of slaves to be in the white house this proves michelle obama's claim and in in, in in some ways barack obama is that because america allowed a black family into the white house this shows how gracious this shows how great america is because look you got black folks in the white house This makes America great and it's proof that that the country is progressing. And so what happens is Michelle and Obama, they're speaking to a broad audience and they have to hook people. They have to kind of play a mainstream role in that position in their mind. So they have to speak to everybody and kind of be in the middle of the road, right? So they're no longer just for black folks. Wait, we're for the entire country, so we have to. Kind of play it safe in a sense. So here's the danger. So if Barack and Michelle are operating politically and saying and and making political statements and saying that, hey, you know, white racism is not endemic in America, if the people are looking at him as a religious figure and they're looking at him as like a messiah, the people are drunk on Barack Obama, they can't get enough of Barack Obama. So if the people are intoxicated with Barack Obama, when he makes lies or when he makes political statements that looks at the kind of, in his mind, the big picture, the people can, some of the people can take that speech or take those words as if the structure and the systems are changing. Many of our people, they have a bias towards symbolism over substance, symbolism over structural reform so obama may be lying to hook groups of voters and to get elected but the some of the people many of the people if they take those words and they start thinking man america's changing look at barack obama and michelle look at that black family in the white house well if they take those words as truth and these people are looking at Barack Obama as the next messiah, the people go to sleep because the systems are not changing as fast as the symbolism. So you have faith, you hope that, hey, you know, this is a sign of progress. We'll take that. But the danger is you can systemically put the people to sleep. And so Barack Obama on the obviously there's many positive aspects to to his presidency but on the negative side his words his political words some of his lies to get elected and even after the election in terms of some of michelle obama's words in terms of her talking about how grateful she is and america is this and america is that and america is is this it you could put the people to sleep OK, you, 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 you've done a lot of damage in terms of making people believe that the systems and the algorithms and the structure and the financial institutions and the, 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 the loan managers and the, 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 the folks who are hiring and firing and, you know, all throughout the economy. This stuff is not moving. OK, because Michelle and Barack go in there. And the only reason they got in there, in my view is america was falling apart right so bear stearns lehman brothers uh you had the worst financial crisis since the great depression barack obama doesn't become president unless america unless some white folks enough white folks are thinking that hey i may not really like the idea of a black president and a black first lady chocolate black first lady i may not like that idea but i can't be stupid and vote for the same leadership where america could go meaning that people were really thinking that you could be you could see a collapse financial collapse that was much harsher than what actually happened so certain voters were practical in in terms of hey i may not be fond of the idea of a black family in the white house but i still want to eat i still want to go to work i want the system to stabilize so in this case i can't keep on voting for the same republicans that help put the people in this mess there's plenty of evidence uh that uh the people were put to sleep so you have people talking about post-racial America. You know, America's getting beyond race. Uh, you know, America's making so much progress. Look at Barack Obama. Look at Michelle Obama. But that, that friction you see in black America is the friction between symbolism and structural reform. And so the good thing about going through eight years of barack obama is the people get to see hey you put symbolism uh and you put barack obama in place you put michelle there let's see you know with eight years of 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 that let's see how the systems and the structure moves in the united states and so the after eight years the people were hoping that the systems and the structure would change obviously Barack Obama had a lot of opposition. He tried to do many things that that couldn't get any traction because of the uh, hostility from Republicans. But the people got to see that, hey, you put a black person in there, you know, hey, you know, this is how much that can move. And so now the people run a Cory Booker or they run a Kamala Harris. The Cory Booker and Kamala Harris, they're hurt now because the people didn't see enough change and the people you know in a, in a lot of cases they're not they're not hearing what you negro elites are talking about waiting 50 years and little step here a little step there that is an elitist position that the people can wait 40 50 years and keep on nibbling at freedom justice and equality and just doing little things little votes little hillary clinton here a little something there that no that's an elitist position you can afford to keep on taking these baby steps. But when you think about the people in Watts and you think about the people in Baltimore and you think about a lot of our people in uh, uh, the hoods in Chicago, they can't wait in terms of our, our, our people dying and uh, in, in the, in the, in the, the economy being so rigged against the people. The people don't have your patience. So on the next election for you Negroes, who just wanna keep on doing little small things here and there and and just wait and just, we're gonna keep on doing this. Don't try to shame black folks who do not vote. I choose to vote in most cases, but I would never shame black people who withdraw from the system. You don't have a automatic Democratic Party kind of gun to your head where you have to vote and you're going to just keep keep taking the lesser of two evils until you die and pass that on to your children just vote democrat just vote democrat no matter what just keep on voting democrat we're gonna keep on doing this until we die okay let's pass this on to the children let's pass this on to the ground children. just vote democrat just vote democrat so yes the vote is a weapon but not voting is also a weapon that's one of your options so if you have an issue with Chuck Schumer, if you have an issue with Sherry Bustos, who runs the DCCC, if you have an issue with Nancy Pelosi, if you have an issue with Diane Feinstein, if you have an issue with the true rulers of the Democratic Party and their lobbyist friends and allies, foreign countries, and corporations. If you have an issue with the rulership in the Democratic Party, you can choose to vote for someone to take out these corrupt and impotent leaders. You can vote. Or if there's not a good option from your individual view. You can choose to stay home. It doesn't make sense for the people to worship Malcolm X, to worship Muhammad Ali. You worship all these people when they're dead. But when it's time to take a more radical, a more aggressive stance against the Democratic Party in America, you're scared to do that, right? You just worship dead leaders when they're gone, but the people who have more radical views, including not voting, meaning that the the option of Voting for a Chuck Schumer, Nancy Pelosi, uh, Sherry uh, Bustos. I don't want to just, it's not enough for me to get another Bill Clinton, a a Joe Biden, a a Hillary Clinton. It's not, it's not exciting for me. Not the the, the change and the vision that you're offering, it doesn't excite me. That is an okay position. Okay, the last thing uh, I want to talk about. Is false moral equivalency, and so another thing I spotted in the Barack Obama uh, speech, a more perfect union speech, was Obama comparing the great Reverend Wright speech to racist. So not only white people do that. Right. You expect white folks to look at that and like, oh, man, that guy's radical. You know, he's talking about racism and that sounds bad. But Barack Obama himself in the speech compared Reverend Wright's words to racist and Michelle Obama in her book, uh, her highly successful book. When she touched on Reverend Wright, her former pastor, she compared Reverend Wright's speeches to stereotypes that white people have of black people. And so you're starting to see more and more Negro elites. Uh, Charles Blow in the New York Times, he called Nat Turner a mass murderer. That could just be like a simple Twitter mistake, but you're starting to see a pattern of Negro elites say that when the black person is using language, aggressive language trying to get the boot off her neck and i'm not talking about that little play stuff that you're talking about i'm talking about more of institutions right the institutionalization of white supremacy i'm talking about systems when the reverend wright speaks out the obamas barack obama and michelle obama both said that it's comparable to white people, stereotyping black people. And so this is problematic. This is, this is super dangerous, uh, because the black people who have a history of vicious oppression, slavery, the institutional, institutionalization of white supremacy, that is not comparable to someone at Google or someone at Facebook, uh, not hiring uh, uh, a sister because she has braids or because uh, you know she's from Compton. The data says that there's discrimination based on your, your resume, what type of stuff you reveal. The black names, uh, they get penalized more. That's what white folks are saying. That's not me, that's not any black people. That's what the white folks have said uh, with the data. But if the people that lack power and they're trying to challenge the people entrenched within power, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama and others are starting to say that this stuff needs to be put into the same pot of gumbo. It's like the same thing. You know, we're all the same. We're we're. We all have the same power and the structures there's there's no real nuance the white american and the black american there's no nuance between them in terms of the history so this you you should really look out for people mainly people who are getting checks there's going to be more so folks who are eating well uh and and getting good checks and they're endorsed by the establishment they're more likely going to say hey When Reverend Wright talks about white people, it's just like the KKK are white folks uh, talking about black people. There's no real difference. There's no real nuance. So I'm going to leave this episode with the Reverend Wright. The great Reverend Wright was always right. Let's go.